If you're a woman over 40 dealing with hot flashes, insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, or weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. The experts at Midi Health know all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes of menopause. And Midi can help with safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. This is a podcast from Minute Media. Welcome to the Eyes on Isles regular podcast episode 200 and something or other. I don't, I've lost count at this point. I don't think it really matters. It's like, uh, whose line is it anyways, right? The show number don't matter. Uh, James, <laughs> buddy, how are you doing today? Doing well. How are you? I'm okay. I was not awake. I fell asleep on my kid's bed waiting for them to uh, like complete their bedtime routine. Parents out there will understand. Like They dawdle and take forever. <laughs> anyways. So they, they come to uh, to wake me up, but they come, like, right to my, like, face. Not my ear, my face. Like, Papa, wake up! And you're like, oh, God, why? Um, and then they do this thing where they like to roughhouse with me, but they don't just kind of like, ah, I'm going to tickle you lovingly. Ha, ha, ha. They, they jump on my chest with their knees. <laughs> like, both knees. Basically, take your elbows and, like, jam them into someone's chest is what my kids do. And um, I usually don't like it, but today... It darn done woke me up, buddy. So I'm good to go. Thanks to my kids. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't have, uh, I don't have that quite yet. Uh, my mine's brewing in my wife's tummy, mm. but uh, I, I foresee that happening in my future. <laughs> yeah, the, the rough housing is great, aside from when they pull out the knees and you're going, oh god, not this. No, <laughs> I know. Um, yeah, by the time they're halfway midair, it's too late. You got to commit to the bit. So, uh, what we might want to talk about today is uh, a few things. The first thing being there was some hoopla online that I, I kind of helped start, I suppose, about the Eastern Conference Finals being the Islanders' worst-case scenario because it's the Tampa Bay Lightning versus the New York Rangers. And I know a lot of people are going to be like, bah, it's just the Rangers, we hate them, but it's done. I get it. I get it. But there is something to be said about like Tampa winning. My God, that sucks. Okay, so here's the way I, I thought about this, right? Like, Yeah. So having like we we cover the team now and and I don't know if you feel the same way as I do. I've kind of removed my fandom at, uh, from like the Islanders and I just I love hockey now. But with that being said, um, the way I see it is um, right. I, I understand the the Lightning just beat you two years in a row. However, if they beat the Rangers, who are the number one rival of the New York Islanders, um, two things. One, they beat the team that you probably hate the most. And two, it just further solidifies how good the Tampa Bay Lightning are. And that should make you feel a little bit better about getting beat by them back-to-back years because not only was it just you, but now another team cannot beat the. I mean, uh, again, we're assuming that they're going to win. Right. Um, but but if they do win, that, that'll further solidify, okay, the Lightning are so good that they beat us twice, and then somebody else made it, and they beat them too. So, And they're back in the Stanley Cup final again. So I, that's just the way I see it. It, it should if, – if you're an Islander fan, you're, you're never going to like the Rangers unless you're like a very casual fan. But if you're a mm-hmm. diehard fan, you're never going to like the Rangers. And if it wasn't for the Lightning having one, two years in a row and beating you to get there, you wouldn't have any problem with them. So – 
that's just the way I see it. They are the champs until they're not. They beat mm-hmm. you twice, and if they beat somebody else, that just further solidifies how good they were. And that should take a little bit of the pain away from them beating you twice because they're really just that good. They they really are. And that's the thing. When I came to it, it was like, oh, uh, this is kind of like you can see some people being conflicted going like, I just want both teams to lose, right? Because there is hatred for both. Yeah. Obviously, the ingrained uh, divide between, you know, like Bro- not, not Brooklyn, my God, it's not just a Brooklyn thing, but like King County and like essentially the entire Long Island, both <laughs> counties, right? Suffolk and, and Nassau County against the one. Uh, and I get that split. I absolutely get it. And I don't want to say that I want the Rangers to win. It's I don't care if uh, if Tampa if the Rangers do win. I'm fine. I, I kind of would almost rather see Tampa lose. Now again, that doesn't mean I want the Rangers to win. I'm just purely looking like I, I really don't want anyone even coming close to the Islanders' 19th playoff series win. They're already at 10. Uh, it's going to take a while to get there to 19. I get that. People are like, oh, they have to win five cups to even get close or, or yeah. close to you, right? I get that. I absolutely get it. But like Jesus H. Murphy, I don't want them to even come close. We're already seeing the comparisons like, oh, they're creeping up on the Islanders. Oh, is this a dynasty? I don't, I can't get into dynasties anymore. <laughs> like, holy hell. Like, oh, well, this is a modern day dynasty. No, no. Dynasty four cups minimum. That's it. Edmonton Oilers, not a dynasty. They won the four, not in a row. So, like, doesn't count to me. Don't give me, like, well, they did it in the salary cap. I get it. I absolutely get it. It's not It's not the same. Look, the Islanders weren't flush for cash either when they did it, right? <laughs> they weren't, like, bankrolling all these guys, paying them thousands of millions and millions of dollars. Like, I guess that's not a real number, but, yeah, I guess what you're, you get what I'm getting at here. <laughs> if you're just, I hate the Rangers, I don't want to see them succeed, that's fine. I That's perfectly okay. I don't want to say, like, my take is the right take. It. It probably isn't, and that's fine. It's just a lot of people are going like, it has to be this or not. It's like, no, no, no it's fine. I, the Rangers can can lose. I don't care if they lose. I just kind of like, oh, I, I really, my hatred for the Rangers is less than my love of the, uh, the the dynasty, really, is what it comes down to. Yeah, I so I saw that a lot, too. Um, I don't know. I guess I have, like, a different approach to these things when, when I, like, because, again, the Islander dynasty is great, and, of course, that's something that, um, Islander fans are, are always going to cherish. However, <laughs> that's yeah. my word of the day today. <laughs> However, um, yeah, I just think it's good growth for the game, right? There, there's the game is growing. Um, that and and this is in a hot state too, right? This is in Florida. That means that people. I mean, and and again, yeah. you know, they're not Florida natives, but. You know the the fandom of hockey is growing in Florida, and and you know you saw uh, the the Florida Tamp uh, Florida Tampers, the Florida Panthers did this year. So the whole state of Florida, uh, you know, is is growing in in fandom uh, of the game of hockey. Um, you saw it with North with the Carolina Hurricanes, the the state of of uh, North Carolina is growing in hockey fandom and everything. So I just think that although yes, it's it's one, it's going to be very hard to do. Yeah. I, I still don't think they're they're going to get nineteen straight. Uh, uh, playoff series wins. I don't think they're going to get four in a row. I think that there's a chance that they can make the Stanley Cup this year. And then from there, it's a toss-up because I do think it'll be Lightning, Colorado. Um, and from there, it's a toss-up. But even if they win this year, they still have a lot more, uh, a, a longer, a long road to go still. So I, I don't think that um, we're quite there yet. I do understand the angst and, and the worry 
Mm-hmm. Um, but there's still some 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 ways to go. So yeah, that's true. They are all like over halfway there. That's my thing. That's why people start bringing it up now, right? Like they're all, they're yeah. already halfway there. And I guess to be fair to anyone else, rather, because my main criticism is like, what do you care what Rangers fans think of, of us? Why do you care? Like, because a lot of people would be like, oh, we'll never hear the end of it. And my my rebuttal is like, why do you care? But those same people can come to me and say, like, well, why do you care what people think of, like, the other team from Florida approaching the dynasty, even though they're not even close, right? So, like, I also have to take, like, a pill here and be like, I have to realize maybe I'm looking at this too firmly. Um, but that's where I'm coming from from this. But um, <laughs> we'll see what happens, right? Game one is, t- is it today on Wednesday? Today's game one, yep. So they haven't played yet, as far as I know. I should probably have it on the screen, but I do not. Uh, yesterday's game was Holy hell! What a barbara that was. Yeah, it was like I was I was um sitting at this desk actually doing some work, and I just saw my phone buzzing. It was one nothing real quick, and then thirty seconds later, one one, it's tied, and it was like all the reporters were going, "Yep, here we go." I'm like, "Okay, I gotta throw this game on," and then suddenly it was two to one, two to two, three to two, and I was just like, "What's going on here? This is nuts! What is defense?" Um, but hey, that's what's gonna happen, right? You have two of the best players in the, in the world right now in Nathan mm-hmm. McKinnon and, and in Connor McDavid. I probably should have reversed them too because Connor McDavid is the best. In no particular um, order. In no particular order, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then, you know, the, the supporting cast is even some of the best in the world too. Leon Dreisaitl, uh, Cal McCart, um Don't say his name. A, a, Don't Evander say his name. Kane. No, Kane. I'm not. I, I, he's when He came to mind. I thought about it. I didn't say it. Evander Kane. <laughs> <laughs> just can't stop um, scoring. Oh he just—he's got thirteen and thirteen right now. It's kind of crazy. That's so, so stupid. Yeah, both teams are doing big things. One of—I don't know if you were going to bring this up later, but one of the things that I had said earlier today was like, look at the goalie carousel last night. Imagine not running back Sorokin and Varlamov next season. And of course, you know there were the naysayers and oh, it's five million dollars on the bench. Like, what are you going to do like with that uh, every other night or at least uh, three, you know three out of four nights and. Look, I, I get it, um, but there are ways to upgrade the Islander roster without also sacrificing a, a solid 1B or backup option because look what happened last summer, right? Lamorello traded Nick Letty in anticipation he was going to find somebody else, and he didn't and settled for Chara or Chara. Jeez, my Speak Either much way. today, James? Come on. Chara. Um, anyway. <laughs> New York accent came up hard. Chara. <laughs> um. You know, but then, you know. So then, what ends up happening this year if they trade Varlamov and they swing and miss on everybody, and then end up having to settle on like Martin Jones or or even having Corey Schneider be the backup, oh, which God. they clearly didn't want to do this year. So right. it's it's a tough situation to navigate. But I mean, if I learned anything from last night's game, I mean, there was four goaltenders in that game last night. Four. Yeah, and neither one of them were particularly. Maybe Francois at the end was okay for Dallas right. or not Dallas, Colorado. Uh, I don't know why Dallas came to mind there. It's not even close. Either way, um, <laughs> he was a little bit better there, but still not, not not good. But when you have a 1A, 1B like you have in New York, you don't get rid of it unless you, someone gives you an offer you can't refuse, right? If someone's right, coming, exactly. I'm giving you like a top 10, I don't know, first round pick and a prospect, like a good yes. one. Yeah, you go like, all right, cool. Or or, or like uh, even then you, you take that and you flip it for something else for sure because you, you yeah. can do that. 100%. Like, if you want to clear that $5 million in cap space, you start with Josh Bailey, right? Yeah. He's the easiest to move because there's no trade protection. And the last two years of his deal are, are happening, and his uh, real dollars owed is now 
Three and a half. Two, th- th- uh, three and a half, yeah. Th- so it's cheaper than it was. Um, again, it, like you said, if somebody comes at you with a fantastic offer that you can't refuse, then of course, yeah. But in, in pure cap dump, no, you don't do it like that. It's, it's got to be something that you're benefiting from. Yeah, and is someone really going to come at you with that that huge, massive offer for Simeon Varlamov? Well, I, I don't mean, think so. Both teams in the Western Conference Final tried to get Varlamov at the trade deadline, and and maybe now you you see why, right? Smith pulled real quick. Kostinen came in; he was no better. Um, Kemper gets hurt, and that's kind of his mo. He he's injury prone, and Francois was who they depended on, and Francois is good, but Varlamov, I think he's he's still considered better than Francois. So, oh, yeah, I, hard. I, I don't know what his value is going to be in the offseason. And if someone's really – like I, I think of Washington. Washington had a real rough go at it this uh, this season with the goaltenders. Van, Vanacek was okay, and Samsonov was not up to expectations. Um, so I think, you know, maybe is there something there between um, the Islanders and, and Washington for, for Varlamov? Because if they want to com- compete, there's not many goaltenders out there. I mean, you look at the um, – free agent market they're already writing uh mark andre Fleury back to pittsburgh you know and then after that it's kind of a drop off there's not much available as far as backups they think the next best which i said to you um in last week's patreon if you didn't if you didn't uh, hear that go subscribe to it and listen um brayden holpe is like the next best and he's he if you're gonna sign him as a backup sure but he'll probably go pretty fast because someone wants to secure that backup spot Mm mm-hmm so. Yeah, there's not really. I don't know. I I I was kind of like facetiously looking at you, like oh, uh, thinking of like that whole Ilya Sorokin thing also that happened this week. You're like, oh, we should get Sorokin to Toronto. Like, come the f on, because no. like there's no one is coming at you for with, with like a offer you can't refuse or a price you can't refuse for Ilya for that Simeon Varlamov. It's just not gonna happen. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's got quality. People are gonna want him, but like. There's no reason to, and he's got trade protection, right? So, like, he could say no, lickety split. So you're you're not gonna wow the Islanders' socks off if you're already like apprehensive on his decision to even join you. Yeah. Uh, so, like, I, I don't see it happening. And of course, that doesn't mean that the Islanders are gonna get an offer they can't refuse for Josh Bailey. Yeah. But you can move Josh Bailey and know you have an upgrade on the roster immediately. You move five million dollars, you might not have to move Anthony Beauvillier. They they might still, but you might not have to move him and you could slot yeah. Anthony Bovillier into a Josh Bailey spot and you've saved what, like $850,000 on the cap in doing so. And then you still ha- are able to go and, and get the upgrade you want. Yeah. So actually that's not an $850,000 saving on the cap. That's a full $5 million saving on the cap. I was looking, I was comparing the two, but I knew they're, you they're both on the <laughs> cap already either way. So when it comes to that for the Eastern Conference Finals, or I just wanted to bring that up because that was obviously a big topic to Joel. The yeah. other one is Matthew Barzal. Will he, won't he sign an extension lickety split? James, what say you to that? Yeah, so like you kind of started the the other thing that we were just talking about. And then I guess uh, uh, my Nassim Hockey account started the uh, – well, actually, I should I should give credit to the Steve Dangle podcast started this. And, and John tweeted out from the Nassim account that uh, – they were talking about will Barzell sign early or not. Um, and this was something I wrote about for Eyes on Isles a couple weeks ago or maybe even last week um, saying that, it's listen, it's entirely possible. Um, we know that Lou has said in the past when you have time, you use it. But then he's also displayed um, like aggressiveness or maybe that's not the right word. But 
um, the willingness to sign players early in Ryan Pollock in October um, because he was due for a contract right now as well with Barzell had he not signed early back mm-hmm. in October. So it's funny because I heard what Adam Wilde said saying he thinks it could happen. And he, he's a big Toronto guy. I don't know how much he knows outside of the Islanders, but uh, I'm sorry, outside of the Maple Leafs. But but the the thing is, when I heard Matthew Barzell's comments, and I know, take them with a grain of salt, and I, and I do, of course, it just sounded different to me than what most players say when asked about wanting to stay with a team long term, right? Most of them will say something along the lines of, um, yeah, of course I would love it, but we'll see, right? Barzell's sentiments didn't end in that. Barzell said, I'd love to be here long term. This is home. This is where I want to be. I love my life here. Like, he didn't have to go to that extent to say that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So, and again, sure, take it with a grain of salt. However, I think that he understands that in order to build a team, you need to maybe take a discount so that there is available cap space around you, especially given that the Islanders don't have a ton of that right now. So I don't know if – look, it's entirely possible he's betting on himself to have a 90-point season this season with hopefully upgrades around him. Mm-hmm. Or he's also willing to take an 8 by 8 still make a ton of money, and save those $2 million that maybe he can make uh, per year next year and, and in the eight years after that and allow that to go to something around him where, look, if, if they can get a Johnny Gaudreau this summer – yeah, like sign me up for a long term so that we have money to have Johnny Gaudreau with me. So that's just where my mindset is on that, right? I definitely think that Barzell will consider signing early so that, one, it's done and he doesn't have to deal with what he he dealt with the last contract negotiation and missing some time because he had been outspoken about hating that process. He doesn't mm-hmm. want to do that again. And, and two, mapping it out early allows Lamorello to navigate Who's coming next to help him, surround him, and build a, champ- a championship-worthy team moving forward? So that's just where my mind's at. I know the money talks, but so do championships, and I think Matt Barzell wants one of those. Yeah, that's important, an important angle. There's two things that I, that I want to focus on, and this, that being the first one, the championships talk, right? Like, we got to remember, he was one game away from the Stanley Cup Finals. Correct. Right? And Eastern Conference Finals twice or whatever conference it was. Like, you know, the last round before the finals twice in a row. He's been there already at 25, right? And he just turned 25 a couple, not even like a week ago. Um, he's still super young, but he's had that taste. He's had, I'm, I'm going full Italian here with my hands. <laughs> he's had that taste already. Like, I know what it, what what we need to do to get over that hump, or I feel like I need, I know what we need to do. Um, so I could see him exactly doing that, is, is taking that time or, or getting this thing done so they can map out, have some cost certainty when it comes to the cap going I'll I'll take my eight by eight, which is already five times more money by the end of it than he's made now. He's made an estimated like thirteen point some odd million dollars. That would give him sixty four million dollars at the end of it. Five times more than he's made now. Like what are we talking about here? Right. Um. But with that being said, like he's making salary nine million dollars this year, and he's got a new coach coming in, who's probably going to uh, like their entire system is going to be predicated on a little bit more offense, a little bit less defense, which should serve him so that he can go into those negotiations next year being like, I'm an 80 point player or I'm a 90 point player. You got to pay me like one. And that's where he's going to get his nine to maybe even $10 million. And right. 
yeah, that's $2 million extra a year and only $2 million, but like, holy hell, like two times eight, that's $16 million extra that he'd be giving up if he didn't do like you said, and this is the second point I'm bringing up from what you said earlier, if you've got time, take it. I think Matthew Barzell is going to take a page out of Lou Lamarillo's book and be like, I'm taking my time, so let's see what happens here. And, like, it, it could haunt him, right? Like, he could have a 60-point year, and then Lou goes, you're a 60-point center. I'm not paying you, like, an 80.1. Um, but I, I think with the right pieces, like you said, around him, you, you bring in a Kevin Fiala or you bring, you bring in a Johnny Gaudreau. God, like, I would love that so much. Um, Matthew Barzell should, like Mark, Mark Scheifele uh, said years ago, run the, run the table. He could uh, lead the league in, in production assuming the pieces around him are up to caliber. And so yeah. far we haven't seen that. So my God, if he goes into next year with some elite level wingers, we might see a hundred point Barzal. And then now what? Like, right, exactly. And, and that's why you would think that Lamorello is at least going to try and start that conversation this summer, because if he knows he's going to make the upgrades and the expectation yeah. is that he's going to get better, he knows that he's going to ask for more later. And I'm sure Barzal's thinking the same thing, but if they can come to a number where they are both comfortable with and and Barzell says to himself, well, whether I score a hundred points next year or not, I'm comfortable with this number anyway, because even if I do get there, I won't feel like I'm underpaid and Lamarillo agrees. Then that'd be great for again, everyone. Um, so, you know, we'll, we'll see what happens. But uh, again, one, one of the things that just sticks out for me was his comments. And, and I know you're supposed to take those things with a grain of salt. And I do, because I wouldn't be surprised if I'm wrong. But it just sounded different to me than, well, well, we'll see what they want to do. I would love to, but we'll see. There was no we'll see. It was, I want to be here. This is what I love. This is where I love. I, this is home. Yeah, and, like, I know I said he's getting paid $9 million, and so, like, he might get more. He might want more. But, like, you can always, like, change the structure of a contract. Yeah. Right? Like, I, I just quickly, I, I took Excel and it made, like, all right, let, let's fudge around with some of these numbers here and say eight-year contract, right, is what we're thinking he's going to get because why would he get anything less? Yeah, I agree. I've already got $8.5 million in terms of AAV, 8.56. I didn't really do any rounding, but, like, you got 10, 9, 10, 9, 8, 7 and a half for the last three years. Those are two $10 million payouts right there for Matthew Barzell. That's an upgrade for him. And then he's got that cost certainty, even for himself, uh, for eight years, he's getting paid no matter what. It may not be here. They might move me eventually, but I, I'm getting this money. Even if, let, let's say, heaven forbid, they buy me out, I'm still getting this money. So, like, I, I could see him doing it. I just think he's going to bet on himself and, and wait a year and, and see what those upgrades bring him because, yeah. my God, those the right upgrades could really bring out the best in Matthew Barzell. Yeah, that makes perfect sense, too. Uh, so, we'll end the show on, on this last note here these are down on the farm section um looking at some of the news when it comes to the prospects within the islanders pool because that's something we do that that other people don't cover um and we we kind of did this one already live on the show last week when we talked about russell Nishikov, right yeah. like we were just scrolling on the cap friendly we both went like holy hell he signed and so <laughs> russell Nishikov has signed a two-year elc with the islanders Something that he is very stoked about. I know I spoke to him about it, and he, he's quite pleased about it. Uh, he's happy to come back to North America to play hockey again. Uh, so, like, that that was a sign the Islanders needed to make. Uh, yeah, and, and it, it's good for the organization to um, bring in a guy like him because 
the the Bridgeport Sound Tigers could use a, a little bit more of an infusion of youth. They got Ratu, mm-hmm. which was great. Holmstrom broke out. Um, who, who who's the kid that they just lost to coaching though? The kid that they lost to coaching. Yeah, sorry. he's he's going to become a coach now. Oh, Felix Bibo. Sorry. Yes. Yes. Uh, so Felix, uh, he was playing with them last season, so yep. he's gone. Um, so that's an easy replacement right there. Um, and it's going to be fun to, you know, DeFore's coming now too. So you have DeFore, you have Holmstrom, you have Ratu, and now you have Ishkakov. Um, that's going to be a fun team to watch. I think there's going to be plenty of talent, um, in that system now. And again, it's one of those things where it's like the Islanders prospect pipeline is pretty weak, but then all of a sudden mm-hmm. it's like, well, wait a minute. They got these few pretty decent pieces who could end up being something possibly one day. So, um, yeah, it's like it's not the best, but it's also I don't think it's anywhere near the worst. And and um, a guy like Iskakov, correct me if I'm wrong, but he's kind of like a Johnny Gaudreau type. Yeah, very small, flight of foot, um, very creative. Yeah, uh, plays down the middle, but I think he's going to be better on along the wing. But uh, yeah, the only problem for the Bridgeport Islanders going forward isn't going to be offense; it's going to be defense because. They're, they're ideally losing Robin Sala going into next year. Mitch Vanessant will probably won't be there next year. Um, they're going to need to make some upgrades on defense, and it's not like they've got any coming from the prospect pool in. So yeah, I, I don't know what's going to have to happen there. Sebat, uh, Samuel Bodzuk is going to have to take a huge step up next year. But um, Yeah, I, uh, I'm, I'm hopeful that last year was an anomaly, just like everything mm-hmm. else was for the Islanders for Samuel Bodzuk, because... <laughs> Um, you know, when, when you impress Barry Trotz as, as much as you do and um, almost make the team out of camp, and, and that it was an abbreviated camp, and it was um, for the abbreviated system, uh, uh, season, and he was going to be in the taxi squad and everything if he did make the team. But, I mean, at 19 years old, he was impressing Barry Trotz, which says a lot about him. So um, I have this feeling he'll have a better season, especially after being named an AHL All-Star, um, and, and he'll still be a an important part of the future for the Islanders. Yeah, 100%. Uh, the uh, Two more things on, on the prospects. We just found out today that the Islanders relinquished their rights to Henrik Tikkanen, mm-hmm. which is weird uh, in a way. I'm not, like, mad or anything because we're talking about seventh-round pick in 2020 yeah. who was already 20 years old when he was drafted. Um, so like, And he even, even he, when I spoke to him, was like, honestly, I was surprised that someone drafted me. I didn't think I was getting drafted at all. Uh, so, like, this was... 1,000% a dart on the board, and they just said, like, we're good here. And, and that kind of makes sense when you look at his stats uh, playing in the Hockey Allsenskons in Sweden, their second tier. He was the backups to Tex Williamson uh, for Moto. Played well, he, he really did, uh, but didn't really stand out uh, in, enough to make the jump to the next level, I think. Yeah, and, and somebody, I think, commented on how the Islanders goalie prospect um, pipeline is pretty weak. Oh yeah, yeah, that that's true. Um, however, I don't think Tikkanen made it any more or less strong or weaker than it is. So, um, losing Tikkanen is not the end of the world, and um, maybe this upcoming draft, if there is a goalie in the second or third round, they should consider that. Yeah, I think there's going to be a goalie in the third round that they can take. Like they're they're really the two big goalies, um, I believe, are going to be uh, available in the third. Um, so we'll see, but that, that I, I think they have to take a goal in this draft specifically just in the prospect pool. I assume Tristan Lennox is, is going to be moved up out of the OHL cause he's 20 already. So he can play at the AHL level yeah. and have him back at Jakob Skarik. Cause you're, you're losing Ken Appleby and Corey Schneider right now as it stands. 
Uh, so like maybe Ken Appleby is resigned to stay like make that flux between the AHL and the ECHL, but it it is what it is. It, it's just really strange because they they didn't have to like let, let go of his rights. They really, as far as I know, um, he could sign a contract with another European outfit and and he'd be fine. Maybe if he wanted to go to Russia, even then he they they could still keep his his NHL rights. So I don't understand. How unless like Tegan is like I'm not ever going to North America. Don't don't even think about it. Yeah, that's possible. Which would be still weird. Um, I would think, but maybe at the point of his career, he's he can make more money playing in Europe than he could if he made that switch over for a couple of years, try his hand at the AHL and then, like maybe succeed. But maybe he's thinking about like I'm comfortable here in like Sweden or Finland or whatever. I'm gonna play here and I'll be okay. That might be it. Yeah, exactly that. So, I mean, I guess we'll never know. It's probably no. just going to be one of those paper transactions that, I mean, Lou doesn't tell us anything anyway, so I'd be surprised if he says anything about ticking in over anything else. Well, I, I will do my sleuthing, and I, and I will try to get into uh, get in touch with Tekken and ask him yeah. exactly what the hell going, went on there. Yeah, you'll you'll let us know. But, um, again, it's not it's – not, it's like a loss, but not really a loss, yeah. you know? 100%. It's not like, oh, what? Oh, damn. It's just kind of like, oh, word. That's kind of weird. Yeah. If anything, so. they saw a giant who basically covers the whole net already anyway and was wondering, well, let's take a shot on him in case he does have a breakout year. And then, you know, maybe we could mold him. But I guess they didn't see much of anything after this. That season. is the exact take to take. They looked at him like, there's a big goalie. Might as well try him in seventh round, like near the end of the draft, too, right? Yeah. I think there's like three other players drafted after him. And yeah. that was it for the entire draft. So, yeah, 100% dart on the board. Let's see how that works. It didn't work. Eh, seventh round pick. Sometimes yeah. seventh round picks are seventh round picks. Sometimes. Other and... times they're Henrik Lundqvist, but sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> sometimes. But either way, that was 20 years beforehand. Yeah. Uh, which is wild to think about. It makes us feel old. Um, last thing on the prospects is Bodie Wild. You, you wrote something about him this week. And I, I think yeah. it's important to talk about what the hell is going on with Bodie Wild. Yeah, so I mean, the update is there. There is no update, but what happened was that he was sent overseas because of uh, refusal of vaccination, and he um, doubled down on the sentiment on Instagram, saying that he hopes that he could play hockey under his own terms or something along those lines. Um, he didn't want to hand over his rights or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's you know the team rule that you know um, the Islander players need to be vaccinated. And uh, he didn't want to abide. The thing I did say was it's interesting. It'll be interesting to see how the rules go moving forward. I don't – who knows if teams are going to loosen up on their um, on their protocols right now because you look at the Detroit Red Wings and they have a player who's not vaccinated, um, Tyler Bertuzzi. And I, I think there's another team around the league. I can't – off the top of my head, I don't remember who it is. I don't think that the Red Wings are the only team, though. Um, so it's possible that if the Islanders do decide they want to dangle Bodie Wild out, out there as like a throw in, look, you don't have to like Bodie Wild as a person, but as a player, he he's a first round talent that fell to the Islanders in the second round. And he has the possibility of being a top four puck moving defenseman. He didn't have a great year overseas. Um, but again, it's probably, it, it could be just chalked up to one of those weird years where it was like, okay, I wasn't expecting to go to Europe. It was hard for me to settle in. I don't know anybody here and I don't speak the language here. So it's like, you know, it may be just a, a little bit of a rift. Um, we'll see what happens with him. I, there's not really much to say other than that, because again, we don't know if anything's going to change. And if it doesn't, 
Um, he'll have to either one, get vaccinated or two, um, ask to be traded to an organization who will uh, work with his opinions and, and, and needs. Yeah, that's the thing. He's still in a contract for one more year. Um, I, I was wondering what was going to happen when he left Sweden because um, Vestervik, I, th- I think is how you pronounce it. T is going to kill me for how I pronounce it incorrectly <laughs> or, or not. I believe it's Vestervik. Um, we're eliminated in, in the first round after facing, uh, I forget what side it was. I think it was HV71. Either way, they got like trounced. It wasn't even close. They won one game, but like they got blown out in the other three or four. Uh, anyways, and so when, when he left, I thought, okay, well, there's still time for him to join the Bridgeport Islanders, you know, to quarantine and join the, the team. And Bridgeport doesn't have that rule like New York City does, where uh, at least they did for a while, where players had to be vaccinated to play, right? The whole Kyrie Irving thing. Okay. Um, which was no is no longer a thing in New York City. Um, and it certainly no, was never a thing in Bridgeport. So I thought, well, like, why not? Right? Like, lose rule clearly then really mattered. Right, because like that was at the infancy of the whole pandemic and so on. So like, I kind of get it. But now, as much as I would prefer everyone be vaccinated, I understand not everyone either will be or can be. Um, so may, I figured Lou was probably going to be able to work with him then. Like, I sent you away for the season. Yeah, we'll see what you can do. And that never happened. So, yeah, I mean, it could still be you know his rules from top down. Right, it could be he's just sending the message down to his son at, at, at Bridgeport yeah. saying basically like they need to be as well. Um, or, you know, again, it's the off season now and um, maybe they just needed time to mull things over and figure out what their rules were going to be moving forward. Yeah. And maybe we'll be pleasantly surprised when we see him at training camp or we see him come back overseas and at least play for Bridgeport or something. Um, because again, you don't have to like him as a person, but as a player, Look, he's not Tony D'Angelo, but you know, no. as, a, as a player, he's a he's a possible top four guy, puck moving defenseman. He's everything you wanted uh, when when <laughs> Nick Letty got traded. He's 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 that kind of replacement guy. I mean, he, maybe he's not there yet, but he he will be, in my opinion, at some point. He's a very talented player. Uh, Barry Trotz compared him to a John Carlson type. Yeah, that's pretty big, man. So, that's that's big. Yeah. I don't think there, there's any. I expect him to be loaned out next year. I, re, I really do. I, I would agree with you. Probably somewhere even in, in the AHL, right? You talked about the Detroit Red Wings. Like, send him over to the, uh, what is Grand it, Rapids. the Griffins? There yeah. you go. Send him there for something, I guess. Um, but, like, I, I just, even then, like, I don't, either way. We'll see what happens with Bodie Wild, but it is interesting because this is a guy where his stock fell at the draft because he. Well, he had some attitude issues, I, I, I'm i going to say, and that I'm using that liberally. Um, but he also, like, decommitted from Harvard, decommitted from another program that I can't think of off the top of my head to then play in the OHL. And so he had all these things going, and then we were going like, hey, this is a first-round talent we walked our, uh, walked ourselves into. And now we're kind of reaping the rewards of that, that pick, it seems. But uh, we'll see what happens with Bodie Wild. I'm really interested what, what what's going to happen with him going forward because he's one of only two players under – to prospects under defensive prospects that is under contract for the Islanders, Budzik and wild. That's it. Yeah. So like they're going to sign some of these guys like Salo and probably Witherspoon, but outside of that, they've got no one else defensively. So, yeah. And it's interesting too, because like the way that the, 
the the pipeline was going, Bullock and, and Wild were kind of like paired together. Like they were almost like a duo that were going to come up through the pipeline, to, mm-hmm. almost like Pelican Pullock. You know, so I, not maybe I'm again not saying as good, but like <laughs> right. they're they're they were kind of just tied together with each other. You know, both at camp and, and pressing, you know, trots and and making an impact. And now suddenly, Bullduck had had a horrible year, and Bodie Wild was shipped away. So it's, and also it had a horrible year. Yeah, it doesn't help that that thin prospect pool that the Islanders already have. Yeah. So. Oh, well, we'll see. The prospect pool needs some work, buddy, but uh, I, I yeah. don't think we're going to... Let's not worry about that too much right now. But what we no. should worry about is closing this show out um, and getting some plugs in. So you mentioned it earlier, the Patreon. Patreon.com slash Eyes on Isles is where you can get some exclusive Islanders content between not only just James and I, but James, I, and the rest of those 122 patrons. Um, we record three shows a week two deep dives and then we also record a mailbag that we're doing within the next five minutes here as soon as we sign off we're going to do that and then i also do a chat on sundays for an hour you can hang out for an hour with me and chat i spoke for an hour and a half with ryan last sunday about all kinds of things it was wild (laughs) um so check that out it's five bucks a month so think about that you get three pods plus a hangout plus a discord plus 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 a week think about that it's definitely worth the money also, go to eyesonisles.com, click on every single article you see, read it, comment it, let us know what you think. On Twitter, you can get us at, at TLO Mitch. James, what is your handle? At James Nichols NYI. I just don't want to have to screw up the spelling of it, so like, that's why I ask you <laughs> to do it. Um, and you can also get us on Facebook, which is really just another place to, to receive our articles. Uh, once the season gets underway, we're going to have more content going up on there on, on the Facebook. Uh, but it's also uh, facebook.com slash eyesonislesfs. So thank you, everyone, for listening. James, it was a good time again every time, obviously. And, um, well, I guess I'll catch you next week, buddy. Absolutely. See you there.